I remember, um, I'm, I'm reminded of, I remember it was a something, I think, was it Tony Robbins who said, like, you know, when you're setting goals. So you talk about one-upping. Mm-hmm. So he says something interesting, like, you know, like, a goal's not a goal unless you look at it and it scares you. Yeah. But isn't that one-upping? Well, I think any, I, it could be, but I yeah. think anything new is scary. No, I mean, like, you know, like... Um, like the size of the ambition, the, 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 you know, this is, this is saying, it's not that we aim too high and we miss the target, but that we aim too low and that we hit the target. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I mean. And that's what I'm, where I'm coming from is that I keep reminding myself. Why, why is that important to me? Cause I always used to be that guy. Yeah. That not take a risk. Forget about not take a risk. You can't do this. Mm-hmm. You're not worthy. Da, 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 all that stuff. This is the profile of what is successful or who is successful, and you are not that. You're not even close to that. You're never going to be that. So who put the profile in your head? So I don't even think it's somebody who intentionally put the profile in my head. Mm -hmm. I don't even think it was that. Um, I thought it was that for a while. Mm -hmm. I thought that there was some design to that. That there was, and still today I question about, you know, who really creates and leads culture? Like, what are we looking at? And, and is there, are there really minds that are out there? And it can get really dark fast, right? So I'm like, ugh, this is speculation. There is enough evidence. There is smoke. <laughs> and where there's smoke, you know? Yeah, there's fire. There could be. Um, but who cares? Who really cares? What matter? Because I can get so hung up on that that I'm not. That all I do is sit there and get jaded. Then mm-hmm. what's the benefit? You just circle in your discomfort. What's the benefit? The action. What is like? I have sat there, <clears throat> so, spent so much time on, and seen people spend so much time on it. Like I have heard conversations. So where did you about shift this. from that that circling to a moment of action? I noticed it wasn't getting anywhere. I just wasn't making progress and I was getting stuck. And I write about this in, in these essays that I've had to mm-hmm. write about. So in the first essay that I wrote, um, okay, so it was Taekwondo. It was a martial arts essay, right? So I was also talking about the principles that martial arts teaches us and, um, and how life, uh, as I look back on it now, was teaching me these things. So I call life my teacher, mm-hmm. right? So... Mm, that's how I can frame it that I can understand it. Because when we're going through Taekwondo, you know, you hear about like the wax on, wax off, right? Like the, yeah. the, the, the whatever you want to call Predicate. it. Predicate. Right? So there's the wax on, wax off, but then life does that. And where I'm at today and why I'm so grateful is that I'm realizing there's this thing, whether you want to call it God or life or whatever, that's looking out for me that is so totally setting me up to succeed. I just didn't see it. Yeah. I was just looking at it as like, you know, like, again, it was wax on, wax off stuff. But I was looking at it like, hmm, wonder why this is happening to me. You know, why me? And um, why not? Like, that one's got it so easy. (laughs) Um, It turns out, like we were talking earlier on with Ari about simulating in a controlled, right, with some safety net kind of stuff there. Life was doing that for me. It was giving me a simulation. And, and, uh, and, and it was better than a simulation. 
right? It was real. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when it first started happening all the way back, I didn't realize it. Let's see. It would be more... It was a lot of... Um, you don't belong, you don't fit. So that how was your it, self-talk that you were... Um, no, it was other people saying it to me. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, for sure. So how it goes, I mean, it's the story of life, right? So I'm born in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived there, for my birthplace, for six months. That's it. And I moved. And I moved from Africa to Saudi Arabia. And it's, it's important that it's Saudi Arabia, not another country. Because in Saudi Arabia, and how it is over there, <laughs> uh, it's not what you hear in the news. Yeah. In some cases, it's way worse. Mm-hmm. What makes the news is just what made the news. So I am uh, in Saudi Arabia. There are what are known as locals and everybody else. So you're a local or you're nothing. It's not like here in Canada where there's citizenship <laughs> and you've got rights and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We still have that that kind of vibe permeate our culture, but yeah, it's there. Yeah. It's really pronounced. Oh, it's okay. you're 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 Arab or you're, you're local not. or you're not. Yeah. So if you hit, if you get into a car accident with an Arab, fault or not, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, you're. You're, you're going to have a problem. You better say you're sorry that you were standing there when he ran into you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Um, if there's a line and there's a local person, the local person just skips yes. the line, goes right to the front. And it's like, like here, I want to buy a, a pack citizens. of cigarettes. That's it. Doesn't even look behind. There's no excuse me. There's here, take my money. And it happens. Like it's okay. So I'm in this environment. And on top of that, I am... Um, I'm small, scrawny little kid. You know, like so... So, like, the world is just, like, this big, intimidating, scary place. Yeah. Um, And at the same time, um, you know, I'm a slow learner. You can see that. How long before I go from saying journalize to journal? (laughs) And I'll do it constantly in every area of life. So, (laughs) I can laugh about it a little now. But... Back then, I'm in like in school and in school back then, you were not given a score out of 100 or whatever we're given now and A's and I don't know, NG and whatever is acceptable Mm -hmm. and excellent. It was a rank. Your first. A rank of your class. A rank in your class. So you're ranked. And you know what? I actually get that because in in the world it is right now like you either won the deal or the client or you didn't. It doesn't even matter if you were third. It's like you either won or you lost. So, I get that. So, they were ranking you, constantly ranking you. And I was always like... The tail end of the ranking. Yeah, the tail end of the ranking. And uh, I have an amazing sister who's always near the top of her ranking. And it was just her and I at that point in time. Um, And she is this brilliant, smart person. um, Like a second mother. Mm -hmm. Okay? And she's very motherly, too. So I love her for that. She's got my back. But there she was. Like, she's excellent. And when it's time for the report card to come out, mm-hmm. you know, we would go home and she'd be running with the report card. Is how I felt. Going, hey, yeah, look at my report eager. card. Yeah. And me, I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> I don't talk about it. Um, 
So it must have been really hard for my dad because there's this kid and, and my dad is like, you know, professional architect, you know, um, bold, courageous guy. And there's me this like flopping around. Um, but the first time it ever happened, and for me, it's always happened in moments of like, whoa, what was that? Mm-hmm. Like this moment. I don't want to call it like brilliance, <laughs> but something would happen. Yeah. And I would shock myself. I would shock everybody around me too. And the first instance that I can remember it happening, my dad and I, we laugh about it till today, was I was, there was this bully in the, in the, in the class. And, and, you know, it's school, mm-hmm. right? There are bullies everywhere. Back then, it was like this thing. So he'd be pushing everybody around. And in those days, we had, do you remember? I don't know if you're old enough, but we had like chalkboards yeah. that were our books. Oh, we didn't. Okay, so we used <laughs> I'm not to that old. On. Okay, I'm not that old. I'm that old. So we used to have chalkboards. Yeah. That, and so I had my little chalkboard. Yeah. And this guy was bugging. He would bully everybody. So he he started doing his thing with me and I don't know what came over me, but I just took the chalkboard and I just like, I can't say, I would say something very vulgar. Yeah. But then I was just hit him across the head with this thing. And it's the first time and I what ever was he remember. bullying you about? Oh, I forget. Okay. He was this bigger, stronger guy pushing somebody around. <clears throat> but that was the first thing, this bullying thing. It's like a constant in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> So I just went and I smacked this over his head. <clears throat> the shock in him. And I don't remember getting in much trouble, too, because I, obviously there's a repercussion for cutting Getting a kid's head yeah. open. And the principal's called. My dad was called. And you know, my dad's like, like, where did this come from? And um, the teacher was like, look, that kid had it coming. Oh, good. They yeah, yeah, yeah. used it up for you well, in the sense that well, there was a context. Well, to I didn't go out or... looking to go yeah. hit somebody on yeah. the head. But you don't always get that. You I was just done with it. Speak up. So I get to these moments, and I think we all do, where I'm done. Mm-hmm. That's it now. Like, And if, when I'm hearing your story, like I've heard this from kids in the education system millions of times. And... And I understand the ranking from one to 100 and in life it's a competition and it's kind of like a survivor of the fittest mentality, dog eat dog when you get out there in the world. Um, And really that's not aligned with who we are and it's kind of a chaotic and counterintuitive system, but that's another conversation. But, um, But when you're looking at that is kids come up with that thinking because I'm not in this ranking, I'm not like my sister or my other classmates and I'm in the lower, you know, 25% or whatever it is. And and not only that, it's socially known to everyone in the class where exactly you are, um, which adds another layer is there's just such a, a culture of shame that is put on to children in education when they can't conform to what is put on them. And yep. the thing, and, the, and it only acknowledges one form of intelligence yep. too, right? And yep. you might not Especially have been back then. textbook, and, and still today, yep. still today. Well, I think it's come some ways, but yeah. It's, it's, Imagine. it's disguised itself in a lot more clever ways. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I would have to agree with you there. Yeah. I know what you mean. So when this is all happening though, what also starts happening is I start accepting it. 
right? That that's the reality, so that's, or that's that that's the I'm, reality about you. That's the reality about me. Okay. I'm not. I'm not at that point in time developed enough to realize yeah. anything else. So I'm like, uh, yeah, this is you. You're at the bottom. This is your place. Accept it. <clears throat> so even if there is this this flame, mm-hmm. this like spark, you're like. Nah. You're stifling it. Yeah. yeah, it goes out. And it happens with a lot of things, not just in school, in life, you know, with your soul, like with all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So, but that was, but I'm so grateful for that because that was the beginning. Now, from Saudi Arabia, we go from that and detail. It was, in, they, they have what are known as schools, types of schools. So this was an Indian embassy school because it was based with, for a lot of Indians, Right. So they taught Indian language, for example. Then there's another is like the British Embassy School, which is the better school, the more expensive school. But we couldn't go to that at that time. So I'm going to Indian Embassy School. This becomes relevant later. So we come to Canada for the better life. Right. So my dad now. How old were you when you come here? I was like seven years old, okay. eight years old, something like that. Grade two. Well, grade one, grade two. Grade, yes, yeah, so seven Six, seven, old. something like that. Six is grade 80, one, seven. Um, yeah, it was like 81. Yeah, 81-ish, yeah. 79-ish. So, so my father immigrates for the third, maybe fourth time in his life. Mm-hmm. I still don't appreciate that <laughs> till today. Yeah. Fourth time. Like, we're talking, like, you know, your whole family, up and you go. And not only different places, different countries. Like, he was born on an island called Zanzibar. They had a revolution there. So he yeah. gets up from there, goes to the mainland. Tanzania gets up from there, goes to Kenya, gets up from there, goes to Saudi Arabia. And if Saudi Arabia was not all hell. There was like beautiful time there because family was very tight, mm-hmm. very tight. It was great barbecues and happy moments. But outside of that, um, when you go outside of that, it's scary. So you stay here, you stay close. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we go from there to Canada and we land in Flemington Park of all places. Where's Flemington Park? You heard of Jane and Finch. Oh, yeah, yeah, So it would yeah, be yeah. the number two to Jane and Finch. Okay. Back in the day. In, in GTA. In the GTA. It's like uh, Don Mills Eglinton. Oh, I, I know that I was close to their peanut plaza, Don Mills Shepherd. So that's yeah. further yeah. up. That's where yeah, like, I'm richer north. folks live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are like, go further south. Yeah. Yeah, it is like no man's land between downtown and, you know, the suburbs. Yeah. Um, so Flemington Park and... Um, you know, you we I go from from this guy to now we we land in and and the the the, the, sto- the part of the story that's interesting to me is that when we land in those days to decide which grade you're going to go in, they would give you a quiz. Yeah. They, so they gave they you still this do quiz. That, yeah. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah, they want to so, see where you're at from the country you're coming up from academically. Academically. And and um and your English skills as well. Okay, so back then they give me this test. And I, my score, because if you're Indian, you're going to be good at math. You're, that's what they do. They really push the math. So I, I score really high in math. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, for this standard here. Yes. And they give me a choice. Do you want to go to grade one? Or grade two. Or do you want to go to grade two? Now, you tell me that. Again, I didn't even think about it. I was like, great too. Right? Like, so, but they didn't tell me is everyone's going to be that much bigger than you and all that yeah, other stuff. You're already a smaller kid. Already. Yeah. So I go to grade two. Oh my God. And, and then there's also 
I'm a person of color at that time of that time. It was very new here, right? Mm-hmm. So there's all that going on. Um, but the amazing thing happened. I was so I was so unaware of so many things. So in grade two, I go through this, and my teacher is like, I, I knew something was constantly being reminded that something's wrong with you, something's wrong with you, something like you know. So when I get to, like even even Ari would love this. It's like we're told to come and sit in a circle. Okay, even mm-hmm. that. I look at that, right? I'm like, come and sit in a circle. I was like, you know? So, <laughs> I know, I've been there. I've right? had that resistance So myself. one day, all of us kids are like <laughs> taking our time getting to the circle. Yeah. And the teacher says, I remember her name till today. Bless her soul, Miss Brown. Mm-hmm. But she says, if you guys don't hurry up to get into the circle, I'm going to send you, you're going to end up in the corner. I saw that as an option. So they go, <laughs> so she's, so everyone, so she's looking at me because she's, I feel like she's picking on me anyway. She goes, do you want to go sit in the corner? Yes, please. Yeah. And I was like, sure. And now she's like fuming. And because I'm, so she sends me to the corner and I'm like, what do, what do I do now? Well, she goes, whatever you like, I don't care for you. Right. Like, yeah. Do whatever you want to do. I was like, wow, this is really good. So I'm drawing and I'm doing my thing. I'm in my own little space. And I do that a lot anyway till today. I dream and I float around. And after a little while, I don't know how much time passed. She's like, so are you ready to now come into the circle? Or do you want to stay there? Again, I see it as a choice. I go, well, I'll stay. Oh, that is considered like now. Can you imagine, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't understand colloquialisms. Mm-hmm. So I am this rude kid, and she's like, "Something's wrong." So I get sent to the office, and by grade the next the next year, I'm put into special ed, mm-hmm. special education. Um, and even that, I was not aware of what it meant. I just saw the word special, and I was like, "Wow, look at mm-hmm. this!" And I go home, and I'm proud that I'm in special ed. You know, I think I told you this part of this. No, no, I didn't know. know like my part. sister and my dad are like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do we tell him <laughs> yeah. that that's not like a, okay, just let him be. And um, she was my favorite year, Miss Billings, dress her soul. Like, I mean, I love her. What was good about it? What was she would bring cookies to class. You know, like, I'm like a simple person. Yeah. Like, cookies, that was great. And she had the easiest work to do. Like, like she would give us, again, Math. But I just remember the entire class is taking half an hour, an hour to do this. And I'm done in like five, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And I go give it to her. And she's like, I go, what do I do now? She goes, just have some cookies. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is great. So, um, grade three. And um, so it was a lot of that. What did they, did they identify you with something? Did they put like a, a label know. on you that you're aware of? I'm not aware. Oh, okay. All I know is, is life would have it. By grade four, my dad got the call to go back to Saudi Arabia. So I never got to find out, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I went, we went back to Saudi Arabia. And this time I ended up in, um, uh, again, a, a, an Arab school, but in the English-speaking side. That's how they'd have it, to have the English side. So just growing up, um, just a lot of that, you know. Um, so now you're back in the ranking system. Yeah, back in the ranking system. And there they, you know, they beat you if you don't do your homework. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, so. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where it gets interesting again is we come back to Canada and now I'm in grade six. Um, still like trying to figure out my way. 
for seven years, Trina, I'm changing schools every single year. Yeah. And every year it's like move out of the system, move out of the system, move out of that system. Yeah. So super unstable. Um, gets to grade seven. Um, I mean, junior high. And still the smallest, scrawniest guy. But there was this moment I was just telling them the other day, we would play the softball. And it was, um, I would always be out. I would just, you know, they had houses. Do you remember houses like in school that have houses like gold? Green, blue, you ever had those? Okay, so. No, no PEI, so we have every color of houses. Oh, so, so we had houses, and then in our houses, you would do things like get points. So we'd play softball. So you'd have to pick something to do. Oh, okay. So I'd play softball, and I was lousy at it. And every time I would hit the ball, I'd be out until this one fine day. You know, like really the last game of the day. It actually happened, bottom of the ninth and all that stuff. And I just remember saying to myself one thing, just hit this ball like with all you got. But before that moment, you see everybody kind of coming in closer, just to remind you that the you're, pressure. you're not, not that you're not going to hit it far. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The, the people in the field. So that's the that's what I always yeah, tend to tell people. Though the in. world tends yeah. to tell you or wants to tell you, but what we all realize now, what I realize, and this is my message, is that that's not them expressing you. That's them expressing them yeah. if they were in your shoes. Just know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. What it told me was what I am. So I've been constantly being told what I am, right? And I just keep hitting it out, keep hitting it out, and that's what we do. And that day, I, 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 it did me. And I hit the ball over everybody's head. And I was like, huh. So like the, the bully, mm-hmm. the baseball bat. I remember these moments. But you know, they're like little sparks here and there. Everybody has it in their life. Yeah. When you usually when you look back, you see them with greater clarity and significance, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, it's a slow, slow uptake. But then it's then I got introduced. To, I saw the Karate Kid movie, mm. and that was honestly, it changed everything. Like just one little thing, because I told my dad, I go, I saw myself. As what's his I, name, Ralph Macchio or whatever. Yeah, Ralph Macchio. What's the kid's remember, name? I, I don't forget remember his name. character's name. His character's name. Um, but that was me. So I was like, I need to do this. And um, again, I credit and my dad. And you just dad. knew you just felt it like that something. Well, I needed something, and but I. If the movie just motivated you. The movie was it. Yeah, it was often through storytelling mm-hmm. that I understood things. So um, so yeah, I, I saw that, and it was it. And then got signed up for it. And now I'm 13, you know, and I'm starting to train. And within a, two years, three years, now, now I'm in, we're in Markham. Yeah. Right. So going from Flemington Park, one kind of, you know, they beat you up a certain way there physically. Yeah. You come to Markham, they beat you up another way. A totally different way. I'm <laughs> very familiar with right? Markham. Right. They just, yeah. like the suburban high class. Right? Yeah. And all my dad. It's a lot of think, keeping up with the Joneses. All of that. And, yeah. But it's kind of like, who are you? Where are you from? Yeah. You're wearing that. We're wearing this. And I was never into any of that stuff. I didn't. My dad never worried about the brand name of this or the other thing. He was super frugal with how he would spend. So, um, so yeah. So now I start growing. And you're doing your martial arts. Yeah. And now I'm starting to able to like. Like you feel like you, your your body starts looking different. You mm-hmm. start, you're able to move differently. Well, everything changes. Those and, it, and, and that's what martial arts does. 
I always say like all of a sudden I could like uh, in gym class, I'm running past the jock. Mm-hmm. And the jock is like, who are you? Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm just like, you know, but then I started realizing and then the world starts responding differently. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, huh. And I go into the, st- the giving of my what I call like my tyrant phase. Right. Because now I'm I want vengeance. <laughs> you see, like the Count of Monte Cristo. Story. I haven't seen that. No. Okay, so it's the Count of Monte Cristo story. It's like, you know, he, he gets imprisoned wrongly, mm-hmm. and now he wants his Oh, his vengeance on his everyone flesh. that put him there. Yeah. So now... You're the bullied So now I become wants... vengeful, and I'm like, I'm strong now, and I can, I can fight. You want to fight? Let's fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to fight. I'm looking for a fight. Um, and all this rage is, like, coming out. But at the same time... What that's happening is my mother passes away. So she has this bout with cancer. And so this is all happening simultaneously. And the rage and the anger is just like building up, building up, building up. Uh, And that's all I remember actually looking back. I remember martial arts Mm -hmm. being my, you know how some people have their thing, what they go do. Yeah. That was where I was like um, successful for the first time. Yeah. Um, and it started flowing into other areas, then the confidence starts building up. And it's not like Taekwondo was like this easy route. No, right? it's, a, it's, a hard, it's a hard path. The, there is this one moment, again, I write about it in another essay. I call it my Jason fight. There was this kid called Jason. He was the highest ranking kid in the school. He was the alpha, you know, and he would win all his fights. And I one day fought him and lost and fought him again and lost and lost and lost. And then one day, finally, I beat him. And the first time he's ever lost. And everything changes after that. So as I reflect back... But did everything change from other people's perception or did it change from your perception as well? Both. Both. But what what had to happen first was I had to change my perception. Yeah. I actually had to look at Jason and go, I'm going to beat you this time. While everyone's saying to you, you're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. That had to happen. And now I actually listen for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I I consciously listen. I want it. When people start saying to me, that can't be done. And did you connect? Or you can't do it. Like your mom, your mother's passing is really significant too, because like, were you on the rage path prior to your mom's passing? Or is that just leading through her illness? I think that really just amplified it. Yeah. So my mother is, like, to me, the source of Because your anger from yeah. that yeah. could be displaced over there. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. It just got me to put more oomph into everything that I was doing. So even when somebody says they've lost a loved one or a significant mm-hmm. one, I'm like, um, yeah, as much as that's sad, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't let go. Like, I love my mother so much that it's like there's this vacuum, there's this void. So how do you fill it? You can't. Right. Um, I, my, my father married somebody who took care of us. It's unbelievable what she steps into, like a family of five. Oh, wow. Yeah. And takes care after us. Like, like you're your own. Yeah, we call her mom. Um, like what I've been given. I'm blessed. I always say I got two moms. Like, mm-hmm. I'm blessed. I got more moms, actually. So many moms appear. Mom. <laughs> yeah. So many moms appear mm-hmm. to take care of me. So look at that, right? But nobody ever replaces no, this one. No, your mom. So I look at it and I was like, but I want 
this I will never get. So my relationship with her started changing. And now I'm starting to able to help people understand that, look, when you lose somebody, you really haven't lost anybody. Their form has changed. Right. And I say that now, like yeah. the form has changed. That's all. So she went from being a physical, physical form, presence. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, you will be in everything that I do. So you will always be with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I will do to make you proud now. You know, so I take her with me in everything that I do. And did you find that's not an insignificant thing? A lot of people um, spend hours in counseling to make that shift because that that's a conceptual thing that calms down the grief, for lack of a better word, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. it helps you manage the grief in a mindset that makes it digestible and it makes sense and it, and it resonates because there's um, for a lot of people there's a lot of there's truth to that there's truth in that. Um, and so to be able to shift that, like that's not insignificant to be able to recognize, was that just something you always knew that your mom was always going to be there regardless of her physical presence, not being here? Like, did you feel that or did you learn that? Hmm. You feel it first. I always feel things first. Um, learning it. Yeah, that's interesting um, because so many people tried. So many people stepped up mm-hmm. to support. The support was amazing from our family. Amazing. Very blessed there, very fortunate. But it was not, there was still this, this, this emptiness. Right. Now, I kept looking at it, and I guess I started becoming the type, again, thanks to martial arts. I credit martial arts because it's kind of like, uh, it really starts, you start really looking at your, you, you start analyzing the battle, mm-hmm. right? Before it takes place. So mm-hmm. everything to me became like this challenge. Okay, so how did I overcome that? The way I overcame that is how, that's what I know works. Yeah. So I'm going to apply that over here. And so you apply to martial arts. Yeah, it was yeah. all, it was all martial arts. Yeah. Although people think martial arts is like, you know, no, it's a very intrinsic it's, journey. It's a really, it's, yeah. They, they talk about the tenets mm-hmm. of martial arts. So there's respect, integrity, self-control, indomitable spirit, perseverance. Those are the tenets, right? So, and they, they put them up on the walls, mm-hmm. but what is it? You have to embody them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, that started becoming where I started applying it here, right? And it's like, so how are you going to do that? And the how is a form. It can, can be any form. Right. But the principle of it, the theory of it, is that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So um, I, the interesting thing is is um, I got away from my martial arts. I, got, I hit a certain point. You get black belt. Mm-hmm. And they say often, you know, 90% of people hit black belt and they stop because yeah, they, say they, they feel reached like it. they've reached it. Which I got. Is- Totally wrong. <laughs> That's what I actually write in my essay yeah. about reflecting back on the black belt. So as I went for my second, the realization was to have one or to be one. Right. And that was the, like, did I really embody the tenets or did I just have a black belt? Yeah, did I just achieve a so, checkbox? ego and authenticity. So I agree with that part. Mm-hmm. And, but it was, a, it was an interesting, so 20 years go by. Anyway, so I fast forward. You didn't um, practice for 20 years. Yeah, right? I didn't practice for 20 years. Um, get married. Um, you know, move to, to Florida, um, start a business. That's the next part where I started learning. That's where the next sort of parts like really started coming around because it was Y2K, started mm-hmm. a business, bought a house, have a mortgage, 
and a kid on the way. And you're starting an IT-based company in the year 1999 before the YT crash. So you're looking at this going, you didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. um, so I started this company and there was a day, I remember the day I, was, I saw um, my last phone bill and I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to afford to pay my next phone bill. So paralysis starts sinking in. Yeah. Like, I can't even pick up the phone to make a sale because I might not be able to pay this bill next month. What do I do now? Yeah. So I call a guy. Uh, he was one of my mentors, uh, Byron, and he was in Boston. And um, I remember talking to him. He was this old, like, sage kind of person, uh, vendor, client, but we just had a relationship. And I asked him, I go, Byron, man, this is scary. And he said to me one thing that I will never, ever forget. And he goes, are your doors still open? And I said, yeah, barely. He goes, you're open. You're further ahead than a lot of other people. They've closed. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that. And I was ready to stop mm -hmm. that business. And interestingly enough, a, very, a person near and dear to me, I don't mind saying it, my father actually, said to me, hey, it's okay. If you need to stop, you can always go back right. to Canada. And you can always go back to working for the bank. And I was like, huh. And I used to work for a bank before I was. And this is a person who attached all of this to um, no, value. He's just, yeah, he's being supportive. Yeah, he's no, but I'm supportive. just saying like you, you people yeah. would perceive that as oh, yeah. my business closed, therefore I failed. Where your dad's like, you still have opportunity. You know, you can still <laughs> you go. You always have opportunity. Yeah. But yeah. I remember this one thought being really at that moment was like, um, it was this thought of, you know, this is like the fight or flight moment. Mm -hmm. So back to my Jason fight, you know, would you, would you, I would always lose to Jason. I remember if I would move backwards. As soon as I start moving backwards on Jason, I lose points. Yeah. And he wins. And the day that I beat him was the day I was like, Whatever you do, do not go backwards. And so I started saying to myself, whatever you do. So how do you prevent yourself from going backwards? Go forward. Mm -hmm. That is the one thought that I had. And that's how I beat the guy. I couldn't believe it came to that one little thing. So that, that is my thought constantly now. And it's, so when your do business doors are about go to close, backwards. go forward. Go forward. And... And go forward with everything you got. Mm -hmm. Do not go forward half-assed. So today when I talk to people, I'm like, you know, just before you start a business, yeah, go do something bold first. Yeah. <laughs> do See something. How that feels. Go do something you're afraid of doing. Because you're going to need that simulation later. Yeah. So for sure. And that was again. So I was like, okay, this is that moment. There is no option. Mm -hmm. You must go forward. Uh, the, the, the president or CEO, I think, of Honda or Toyota once talked about this concept of what I tell a lot of people nowadays. It's called, it's called throwing away the ladder. You cannot come back down. Mm -hmm. You're on a ledge. It's high. You're scared. You, you think you're going to fall if you go one more step higher because it's too much. It's too windy. So what do we do is we go back down the ladder. Mm -hmm. So he says, throw away the ladder. There's no going down. Yeah. And, 
and that's an important. That's a really. That's a huge thing. It is huge too because a lot. Of, there's setbacks in every business. There's setbacks in every life, and I think um, just having that awareness that it is. That's inevitable. That's part of the process. That's part of growth. Like you. Yeah, you but you'd be amazed things. how many times I and mm-hmm. I see it happen all the time. Somebody's like, "I'm going to do this," and like, "Okay, I'm not going to do this." Right. I can do this. No, I can't do it. Yeah. Or they have all the ideas, but they don't execute anything. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the value of a good idea if you don't act on yeah. it? Yeah. And we're like, oh, and 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 while we're doing it. There's the world telling you, well, somebody already tried that before. Mm-hmm. Amazing how many times I've heard. Or nobody's... No one's going to buy no, into no that. One's, no one's done this before, so it's not going to work. I'm like, but that's why it's going to work. So when, like, how do you know it's going to work? Did the little... So I'm just curious, though. So when you're in that moment and your business is about to go under or, you know, treading water, <laughs> if you will, um, and you have all of these you know, real-life stressors of, you know, a, a child coming and mortgage... Did the narrative of your childhood surface there at all of that dynamic of I'm not good enough or yeah. did, did oh, 100%. That... It kept resurfacing. Yeah. Call it fear. Okay. I call it fear. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, it is fear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a special relationship with fear. Like I actually look at it like your fear. Hi, how are you? Yeah. Like I talk yeah. with my fear. So. Um, I started doing this because I started realizing there is, it's there and I'm going to deal with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And it serves a purpose. Yeah. Oh right? yeah, for sure. It serves a functional. It, it alerts you yep. and all those things. Yeah. But I treat fear now that way. And I think that's another different thing. You have to d- look at it discerningly. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I go at it now. Um, I go at my fear. So just like I went at forward at Jason. Mm-hmm. So I used to be afraid of heights, for example. So I was like, okay. Let's go. We're going to go skydiving. <laughs> like go to the other end of it and go, okay, let's go. We're going to do this. It's like the bully back in the day who was coming at me and I hit him over the head with a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. I will never forget that lesson because I was like, that's what my fear does for me. Yeah. That's well, what all you, of these. You stood in your power. Yeah, and right? I'm going to take that chalkboard every time now because backing up never worked. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I don't know of one person who's ever said backing up worked. Like Wayne Gretzky's, you know, famous, like you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't, you don't take. take. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to miss some, you're going to, you're going to make some, but you will out. not make it yeah. if you don't take the shot. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that, that was really like, I remember like four in the forefront of my mind and I was like, and here's a message to everybody is that I actually didn't know. There was no way of calculating. Um, am I going to make it? Mm-hmm. In fact, if I looked at it objectively, mathematically, I was doomed. Like the numbers are going the other way. Yeah. So how do you turn it back around? Not knowing. Um, and today I call that faith. But that's... Did I'm you like, feel it? Like was it a visceral thing? Like yeah. did you know you were going to make it? No. Did you have that affirmation? I, I actually can say to you, I did not know. I was going to make it. But did you sit in that all the time or did you just say, acknowledge it and, and move to action? Yeah. No, I moved. You got to move. Yeah. Well, but people don't though. That's that, that little, but that's that little stop, piece right. though. Um, it's, you know, the future predicting causes anxiety. 
right? So the, some people get locked in that anxiety. Like you said, you couldn't pick up the phone even to make a call because yeah. I can't make that bill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, but, you, other, you start packing up. That was the yeah. alternative. Yeah. You start packing up. So you're going to pack up or are you gonna, what are you going to do? So, um, so that is the one thing that I kept noticing kept coming back up. Mm-hmm. Fear and then fight. And I, you know, again, back to martial arts, it's like, Jason, move forward. Mm -hmm. It's that simple in my mind. But I'm so grateful. It's happened so many different times repeatedly in different ways that I now have proof that it works in all these instances. It's not just one that, oh, well, that one, you know, it just worked out because of blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, hold on a second. I was completely hopeless. I could have been hopeless here. I could Mm -hmm. have been hopeless here. Could have been hopeless here. So, or you have moments of hopelessness, but you don't live in the hopelessness. Like, I think that could be. I now have like, like zero hopelessness. That, but you've worked that out. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's good. Yeah, because somebody also once told me, um, again, back to Byron, mm-hmm. he's like, "You're here, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Hold on a second. All There's the, a lot to be said for that. All the other times that I thought the world was over was going to end tomorrow. You remember when we were kids? Like all these things. Yeah. Um, your toy broke. You know, like. The world is over. You were invited to something. You, yeah, you didn't get invited <laughs> yeah. to something. And here you are still. Yeah. So I'm like, if I'm still here. Okay. So as I'm going through this, um, but it's still happening because I'm, I'm still not feeling this fit in these places. And I'm, I'm trying to be these things, these, you know, this person. So that's also always marinating in my head. Um, but anyway, we get through that. That was in Florida. We come here and, oh, gosh, then I start SkyTech. Ugh, what a mistake, right? Like it would seem. Um, all the things that could go wrong went wrong in ways that I did not see coming. Like our, uh, we took a sublease, so the sub-landlord files for chapter whatever it's called, eats our deposit. Things are just going sideways. I, I'm, I'm in over my head. Again, mm-hmm. but this time it's bigger. Like the numbers and the rate at which it's going, mm-hmm. and my capacity to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And now you have children or a child at least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm way out of my league. Way, way, way out of my league. Um, and then I learned the most important lesson at that point. I remember literally the night that it happened because I was done. <laughs> like next week. You're closing the doors. <clears throat> I did not yet know how I'm going to say it to people because there wasn't enough. Like I'm not going to make payroll. Mm-hmm. I'm not done. Um, here's where I learned the law of attraction. And it's so real. <clears throat> so I go, to, I go to sleep that night and I believe in God. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> but I believe. And I remember saying, like out loud, going, <clears throat> This is beyond me. I know I created this, mm-hmm. like, this is my making. I put myself here, so don't need sympathy. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge this is beyond me. But you created the universe, right? You did all these things. This is easy for you. <laughs> you could do this. Throw me a bone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to go to sleep now. Mm-hmm. 
like I couldn't sleep anymore. Like yeah, you're, well, just the, the anxiety. The whole night you're thinking, just, yeah. like, what are you gonna do? Like nights and nights of just can't sleep, and I tr- I'm out of I'm out of all these options, and I literally and I call that faith, faith in whatever yourself, the universe. Mm-hmm. That it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know that when you tell yeah, people? Yeah, yeah. You have to manifest what, yeah. what yeah. you... That was uh, just my way. Your thoughts are. It was a way. So I remember that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I went to sleep that night and I said, okay, I'm putting this in your hands and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to sleep now. And whatever happens, that's it. I can't tell you how crazy it is that the next week things just started happening mm-hmm. when you let go okay yeah they just started yeah yeah and I can't tell like I, I can't give detail because um, it's it's confidential yeah the people that 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 I have promised secrecy to or the things that came up you would just not believe but it kept your business afloat and, and everyone afloat. And just right enough. But what the best thing that came out of that was the lesson. Mm-hmm. Never let this happen again. Like the things that happened. Whew. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to watch for this forever now. Yeah. Um, but that's what I needed. It's called like, call it like the kick in the pants or whatever. I was being irresponsible. I was not being accountable. Um, not paying attention to details mm-hmm. that were like screaming at me. But I was like, eh, I just keep going. So, uh, so I learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's crazy because now so many people come through SkyTech and they're, they show this kind of like um, hesitation, you know, or doubt, or they manifest this fear of like, what if it doesn't work out? Um, it's hard. Like for their businesses. Yeah. Their my here. competition is so much bigger and better. What do I, I was like, just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah. Uh, when we were talking to Ari, you know, he didn't even realize like while he was writing that it's going to get better. Like you didn't know how, like mm-hmm. you already have the tools. Mm-hmm. How do you tell somebody that you already got it? Yeah. And they're like, no, I, I, I'm coming to you because I don't think I have it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, don't worry. I've done worse. You're smarter than I am. Yeah. You'll get, you'll be you'll fine. You'll get farther. You'll be fine. But what's crazy is how many times I've seen people turn around and stop. It's amazing. Yeah. How many times people turn around in business, mm-hmm. start on something. Okay. I'll give you an example. Did you know that the color of ketchup, right? When it first was invented was. It was yellow, wasn't it? Green. Oh, it was green. Oh, it was green. I knew it was a different primary yeah. color. Anyway. And it sat <laughs> on a shelf because it was a bad idea. Until somebody just came along. I'll just change the color. Change the color to red. Off it went. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just one story. Mm-hmm. Or the mm-hmm. post-it note story about how the glue did not work. Yeah. So they turned it. They Like, it's just a million stories like that. Mm-hmm. What I find hard for people to do is that they're so stuck on this idea. Like, this, they're so inflexible. They're so rigid. Yeah. Right? And and I I call that ego too. It is. So like, it, I can't. It's be, not being comfortable. I would have to. Like, I would have, have to, to agree that I'm wrong. Yeah. That this. You know, they're stuck on it. I have seen people who like there's opportunity coming at them, and they're like, no. "That's not what I do." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? That's going to help you pay your bill next month. Do it." So anyway, so those are the lessons of SkyTech. But um, but really, it was just um, then it was 
it was the amount of time and hours that I was putting into it and realizing. And so this was the next phase, right? Mm -hmm. So the next phase was, okay, I'm putting all this time in. What about my time with my kids? What about yeah. that? Um, so I would, I went from working like many hours in a day. And I believe that that was a, that was a form of like, it's a badge that I would wear. Like I'm putting the yeah, time. Yeah, it's a really in. toxic badge. Yeah, <laughs> I but, find, I, but, but, but yeah. society wears it. Like yeah, I, I put in the time. Yeah. And if you don't, it's because you're not, you don't, you don't want it bad. Yeah, you, you don't, don't want it bad. Yeah. yeah. And so you're not going to be successful like me. Like, and you want to be that guy. So, um, yeah, there's some kind of like weird toxic social currency for not taking care of yourself and working 24 7. I, I love how you use the word currency. Because that's exactly what I call it. Yeah. I now ask actually that exact question to people. I go, so which currency do you want? I just say it like that. Yeah. And I go, what do you mean which currency? I go, do you want to be like abundant? Mm -hmm. Do you really want like real abundance? Or do you want money? Because whatever one you want, you're going to get what you just asked for. Yeah. But then after that, you made your bed. Okay. So I made my bed for wanting more money. Yeah. And I could never make enough. I was always going backwards. The train never ends. Though. Yeah. So I heard this one saying, I read it somewhere saying, treat the world and money like your shadow. Do you ever hear this? No. Okay. So it's one of my favorites. That's a good one. I like it. It's just treat it like your shadow. Because if you are like your shadow, the way it works is that if there's light reflecting and your shadow is here, try chasing down your shadow mm -hmm. and see if you'll ever catch it. Mm -hmm. You'll never no. catch your shadow. No. But what? If you turn your back on your shadow and go the other way, your shadow mm -hmm. chases you. Yeah. And and it's it's very true. It's very I just I I was frauded out of about $140,000. Yeah. And most people's reaction is just um horrible to that they're like oh my gosh i can't believe it and i can't believe that's happening and just visceral reactions and rage and tons of empathy for the loss of money but then i go on a journey of chronic illness and i can't get off the floor or take care of my kids or take care of myself for over a year very little empathy for that situation but when you lose money man that's a hard-hitting one and i'm like Wow, that's really interesting that actual human suffering resonates lower than money. People identify with the loss of money more than the loss of health and capacity to care for yourself. But the good news is, is I think so that's all changing now. It's coming I around. Hope so. I, I hope so. I'm going to help it. So here's the next thing. Let's call it the next phase, right? So SkyTech has helped businesses, and we're happy about that. Just never felt fulfilling because it's amazing how many times I saw people come in here and it started business. And after a few years, I look at them again and go, dude, you don't look well. Yeah. You're, you're richer in like the bank account. Right. But, but you, you need yourself. to get, you need to go home to your family, get out of here and go to the gym and start watching. And so I started feeling like I was becoming that to these people. Mm -hmm. And either they would be like, no, Mohammed, I can't. And they would say to me, it's easy for you to say, right. because you're there. I yeah. go, actually... I never compromised on that. And they're saying, oh, it's easy for you to say now because you so, achieved this. So what happens when COVID hits? This was my most, this was my final thing was when COVID came along and 80, 90% of your business is, can't come into work. Like, I did not factor that into my business plan. I always yeah. say that the government would write a law that, that would tell people to not do business with me. 
Yeah. Like that's what it, in, that's what it felt that's like. In, that's what the interpretation what it of it is. Yeah. That's yeah. what the that's what the result is. Yeah. So there's a law now that you cannot leave home. So you cannot go to the office. Yeah. Or mandate. Of, it's not a law, but a mandate. Whatever, right? Yeah. So it's a mandate. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know about Definitely that too, not right? A law. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it here it is. Business is like done. Mm-hmm. And I promised myself, I was like, through this time, I will make sure I get to the gym. I will make sure yeah. I get home and we spend our time. So it's like we started up all over again. Yeah. You know what's crazy? About before the pandemic hit, I'm just going to tell you this, is this is like somebody wanted to take us public. There was, there was an interest in taking us public. This idea is like, look, look, what you do here is like very unique, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that group, I started opening up the money we were making and the projections we had for what we were trying to do and my goals. And um, after going through this discussion, I decided I didn't want to go public. But they had already known my goals. Yeah. So a few months go by, and I meet them again. And they, the guy says, so how are you doing with your goals? And they were all financial goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember saying this. This thing's kind of like, it just comes out of my mouth. I wasn't being rude, but I was like, you know what's interesting? I said, I stopped focusing on these goals. You just put them into the world and that's it. No, I just said, I'm not going to focus on these goals. And then I crushed them. It was crazy. We met, we went way past, and and I call it like quantitative goals versus the qualitative goals now. Mm -hmm. And now I say anything quantitative. I'm becoming so like discerning, if you will, about anything quantitative. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about, like if I'm talking with a client or a prospect and they even get into negotiating a price. And I'm like, okay, I'm out. You talk to so-and-so. Are we going to take care of you? This yeah. and that, that kind of stuff. So why I bring that up is well, because... Well, because the money comes. Well, I just feel it's just yeah. like this this byproduct yeah. now. The real goal is something else. And so that started forming this idea of La Vida, which is really what I felt was like now. I've, I've worked with businesses all this time. I've done... Um, it, was, it was okay. It was a nice challenge. It's now... It doesn't float the boat you know mm-hmm. anymore it's so easy to do and to what end mm-hmm. to what for what currency i've seen what money's done with people and i'm like that's not interesting mm-hmm. let's now really focus on changing like the complete alternative lifestyle and so that's kind of like the, the project now so yeah maybe on another day we'll talk more about that well that's the thing is we have it wrong, right? We have everything inverted. Well, you know, wrong, you know. <laughs> it's you just, know? We're, the thing is, is there's such a, a value on the things that are not actually there to sustain us and nurture us and keep us going as human beings, right? Money is just such an illusion. We're, and it's a real thing. It's a real thing that we need to eat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not unaware of this reality that we have bills and things. But when we chase money for, to chase money, it doesn't create and invite happiness. But when we chase passions or follow our truth or our gut or what it is and, and put things out to the world and just let go a little bit and try, stop trying to control everything, then things kind of come a little bit more fluidly and the money does come from your passion, right? Like, or you are crushing your goals without even thinking about them. Um, yeah, I just, re- I just came to this realization that... Um, all of this time I was busy Mm -hmm. trying to be somebody else trying to fit in with something else 
whether it was from Saudi Arabia to Flemington Park to Markham to whatever it is, yeah. to the bank, to whatever. And that's the issue with systems, right? Yeah. In in the cult, and like that's a global system. Like you moved around the world and experienced this. Yeah, the so, the, um, the the blessing I always say for me has always been. As hard as I try to fit in with these places, and this is what I would say to people now, Mm -hmm. is that if you ever get the feeling that you're not wanted somewhere, Mm -hmm. if you ever get the feeling that you're told you don't belong somewhere, don't feel bad. Say thank you. Yeah. Because what they're really trying to say is you're better than this. Yeah. We try so hard, and I was trying so hard to be part of these cliques, to right. be a part of these things. Well, because we're all we're socialized for that as yeah. well, and, and in addition and, to just wanting to fit in as people. Yeah. And then there was the movie Kung Fu Panda, which opened up the whole, <laughs> explained it to me in ways that I could understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Is like I remember in that movie, like one of my favorite lines is when in, I think in Kung Fu Panda three, he's he's now told to teach others kung fu right and as the teacher now he realizes that none of them can be taught the way he knows because they all have their Their own own. that's when he realizes okay i am not any one of them i'm all of them Mm -hmm. and now that when i heard that Mm -hmm. i was like wait a second maybe that's why i don't fit in any one single place but the guys i play golf with Compared to the guys I play hockey with, they could never be in the same no. room together. Oh my god! Yet, you more. I gotta have both of them. Yeah. Um, I love SkyTech for that reason. I meet so many different kind of. I'm starting to realize it's like wow, um, languages, culture, food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on. I don't know what's gonna happen next, but I can say this much that it is. It is daunting what it is that we got to go do. Mm-hmm. What's amazing is who's starting to come towards it and work with me on it because they see the same or want or desire the same sort of outcome. Mm-hmm. But they're like, we could never do this alone. Right. And I'm like, perfect. But no one can do anything. Nor can I. Yeah. So let's go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, that's it for now, I guess.